the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Let Us Reason, a Christian-Muslim dialogue with host Al Fadi. Let Us Reason is a unique show utilizing theology, apologetics, and evangelism to reach Muslims for Christ by comparing and contrasting Christian and Muslim doctrines. And now, your host, Al Fadi. Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, it's uh, hopefully a beautiful Saturday for all of you. Thank you so much for joining us here. And hope uh, last week, uh, Thanksgiving week, was a blessing to all of you. And uh, we're already in December, so um, I pray that uh, this uh, end of uh, year will be a huge blessing to all of you. May this season uh, be a reason for celebration. And uh, we pray that the blessings of our Lord, who was born uh, uh, basically to save us, uh, would uh, come to all of you, uh, those who do not know him. Uh, and I appeal to all of you that uh, don't know the Lord as your Savior to explore and, uh, and examine what the Scripture says about him and read the Gospels and, and uh, know why we celebrate his birth during this time of year. Uh, even if it wasn't exactly the exact same time when he was born, that doesn't mean anything. All we do is we want to just celebrate his birth in honor of what he has done for us, which makes him basically the greatest sacrifice ever for mankind and the greatest grace offering for mankind. And that leads me basically to uh, what I want to talk about today and, and has to do with uh, uh, another post that I have on my Facebook, which by the way, uh, if you want to uh, follow me, of course, or uh, befriend me on Facebook, we have maxed out already. We reached like a 5,000 friends limit, which means that the openings now will become very tight. However, you can still like my Facebook, of course, my personal one, which is uh, facebook.com forward slash Alfadi. That's A as in Apple, L as in Luma, F as in Frank, A as in Apple, D as in David, I dot Sira. C as in Charlie, I, R as in Romeo, A as in Apple. So it is alfadi.sira. But what we're going to start doing now is we're going to start posting things periodically on the Sira International page on Facebook. That's Sira, C-I-R-A International. And we will share it also on the personal page and vice versa. So I just want you to be aware of that. So you might want to start uh, basically... Uh, looking at the Sierra International page, like it so that you can start receiving notifications, allow, uh, I mean, mention it to others as well. Now, in this recent post that I posted about maybe two days ago, I called it the exact phraseology syndrome. And here's the reason why I call this particular series this way. Um, if you are engaged, of course, in Muslim apologetics and Muslim evangelism, you will hear all the time things from our Muslim friends saying, show me where did Jesus said this exactly this way? Like, where did Jesus say exactly, I am God, worship me? Or where do you find the term Trinity in the Bible? 
or where, where do you find the word Bible written in English, uh, basically Bible inside in the scripture? So somehow they are fascinated by those kind of things and they assume as if this kind of argument is going to stump you. If you can't find the word Trinity, then therefore you are following a false doctrine. If you cannot find the word basically uh, Bible, that means you're being misled and the list can go on and on and on. Most importantly, of course, if you cannot find the exact phrase where Jesus says, I am God, worship me then you're really being uh, basically lied to that Jesus is God. Uh, as if basically one phrase and one verse is all we are banking on. The whole Bible, by the way, is the context we follow. The doctrine of the deity of Christ and his divinity is cover to cover. The Trinity is a doctrine. It's a collection of all passages that teach that we worship one God who revealed himself in three distinct persons, cover to cover, Okay. And the idea that the word Bible is not there, I would argue that it is there, but maybe it's not translated Bible, it's translated as record. For instance, the genealogies, the word, this is the record of so-and-so, is actually Biblos, okay? That's Bible, it's in Greek, okay? But what's the big deal about that? So what that it's not there, at least in the translation, does that negate that the Bible is still could be called the Bible? We call it the Holy Book, okay? Uh, Holy Scripture. You can go whatever you want. You know, it's the Word of God. Uh, I mean, th this fixation on these exact phraseologies is why I called my series the Exact Phraseology Syndrome. You can always, of course, trace back many of these posts that I've done in the last two to three months. This is just one of many of those. So usually I would ask a question and say, okay, since Muslims are fixated on this idea of exact phrase, I like them to tell us now from their Quran, where do we find this exact phrase in the Quran? The point is, Muslims themselves believe in things that you're not, never going to find an exact phrase for in their own sources. One quick example, for instance, Muslims ask you about the, the Trinity. If you can find the word Trinity in the Bible, believe it or not, the opposite of the Trinity in the mind of a Muslim is the word Tawheed, unity, okay? And they think the word unity means oneness, which is wrong. The word Tawheed in Arabic means to unify, okay? That's fine. But nevertheless, that's the doctrine Muslims believe in, which is the oneness of God. However, the word doesn't mean oneness. It means unification of God, okay? Unification of his characters, attributes, and names. Nevertheless, if a Muslim can show you where the word Tawheed exists in the Quran, please share that with us. You will never find it. So you get the idea why I'm trying to intentionally use this particular title, the exact phraseology syndrome. I want to draw the attention to my Muslim people that please be reasonable and see for yourself that even what you believe in, in exact phrases or exact titles or exact names or words, don't even exist in your own scripture. Here's a shocker. This is what I posted this time. Do you know that the phrase Allahu Akbar basically that Muslims use all the time and especially when they interrupt meetings sometimes, those uh, I should say the fundamentalists who are uh, in meetings or gathering where they do not like what the speaker was saying. They interrupt, you know, and start shouting Allahu Akbar. Or sadly, we watch many of the ISIS videos or the Al-Qaeda videos or many of these radical jihadi videos before they even behead someone or attack someone, 
they shout Allahu Akbar before or even after sometimes. And in the mind of a Muslim, Allahu Akbar means God is great. Well, let me start by saying this. No, it's not. Why? Because the word in Arabic means God is greater than. Okay, so he's greater than somebody, than something. Fine, I get it. That's, of course, what a Muslim will think. But here's the bigger problem. Where do you find this phrase in the Quran? Is as a description of Allah. You will never find it. It doesn't exist at all in the Quran. Now, when I made this post, I, of course, as always, we want to make sure, even though we understand that Islam, and we know Islam, and we know the scripture of Islam, and we know the commentaries of Islam, and everything, we went ahead and make, made sure. I investigated the entire Quran once again to make certain that no Muslim will come back and attack us and say that it does exist. The only places that we are aware of that the Quran mentioned the phrase Allahu Akbar, not as a description of Allah, by the way, but it's actually a description of something totally different. It's found in three chapters of the Quran. And I listed those chapters for you. And I listed images of these phrases for you that would show the Arabic wording of the Quran and the English translation of it so that you can see that the translators of the Quran did not translate it as if it's a description of Allah. For instance, one of those is found actually in uh, chapter 29, verse 45. And it will talk about something related to Allah. And this is what it will say. Recite, meaning talking to the Prophet of Islam. Recite, O Prophet, what is revealed to you of the book and establish salah, meaning prayer. Surely, Prayer restrains one from shameful and evil acts. Indeed, remembrance of Allah is the greatest of all things. You see, remembrance of Allah is the greatest of all things. If you look at it in Arabic, it will say, Now, when you hear this, you're going to say, oh, see, there you go. Allahu Akbar. No, no, no. It's saying the remembrance of Allah is the greatest of all things. So the phrase in Arabic could appear to you at first glance as if it's there, but when you read it in the clause, in the sentence, now you understand that it's describing something other than Allah. The remembrance of Allah is the greatest thing. Okay, that's fine. What else do we have as a result of this? There's another passage, of course, in the Quran. And make sure uh, you realize that we cover our grounds. We want to help our Muslim people see it for themselves before they even bring it up. There is nothing for us to hide here. We want to be open with them. We want to show them that we've done our homework. We want to even show it to them. Believe it or not, many of them probably didn't even realize that these passages, the three passages that we listed, actually even contain the phrase. Chapter 9 of the Quran, verse 72, for instance. Chapter 9, verse 72. And here's what we it will read. It will say, Allah has promised to the believers, male and female, gardens beneath which rivers flow, where they shall live forever and good homes in gardens of eternity. And Allah's pleasure is above all. That's the phrase right here. Allah's pleasure is above all. In the Arabic, akbar, Meaning the pleasure of God is greater than all. Okay? But look what the translator did actually. He didn't use the word greatest or greater. He says above all in, the, in this case. Because that's what the context is talking about. So... The phrase in Arabic is there, but it doesn't describe Allah himself. 
Here is the third passage in the Quran that will contain a phrase like this that's found in chapter 40, verse 10. Chapter 40, verse 10. Here is what it reads, for instance. In verse 40, verse 10, it says, Those who disbelieve will be addressed by a voice saying, Allah's hatred for you when you were invited to the true faith and you refused was greater than your hatred for yourselves. I mean, this is really a baffling passage, actually. It's saying that God is telling people that he hated them so much, greater than they have hated themselves. I mean, where do you find anything like this in the scripture? Where it talks about God hating people that do not know him. In fact, God even rebuked his people for not going to the people that they hate him to share the gospel with them. To share about him. Yet in the Quran, it's saying that God is bragging about his hatred being greater than their hatred. That's where the word Allahu Akbar may, uh, uh, mentioned here. It's talking about Lamaqtullahi Akbar, meaning the hatred of God is greater than their hatred to themselves. You see, that's where the phrase is used. So, as a result of all of this, I want to just to give a, a quick contrast. For instance, if you search the Bible, the description of God being great is abundant in the scripture. The Psalms are rich with that as one example, for instance. Here is one of the Psalms, for instance. Psalm 96 verse 4, it says, For great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. What an amazing, basically, scripture. You know, it's very clear here that the Bible contains phrases like this to describe Allah. Now, I want to say that there is another description of uh, basically Allah in the Quran that could be perceived as the great, and it's the word is Azim or Al-Azim, but not, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a specific phrase that Muslims use all the time. They're, you don't hear them shouting Allahu Azim. No, you, just, you shout all the time Allahu Akbar. So we want to tell our Muslim people this simple fact. Everything you believe in is given to you by a human, not by your God. Everything you worship is created and crafted to you by a human being, not by a divine. Everything you received in the Quran is put together for you by a human factor, a human agent, not by a divine agent, basically. That's the sad reality that I want my Muslim people to wake up and realize that everything they are passionate about oftentimes cannot be supported by the scripture of Islam, the sources of Islam, the teachings of Islam, and most importantly in this case, the Quran that is supposedly the word of the God of Islam. If he himself in his own Quran, his own scripture, his own word, did not even put a phrase like this about himself, meaning that Allah is great. Why do you, or greater than, I should say, why do you want to uh, convince yourself that this is a description of him that is found in your own teaching, when in fact it doesn't exist at all? So these are the kind of things that trouble me the most when we are dealing with those kind of issues. Now, moving on now, back again to the manuscript issues. 
I want to tell you that um, I'm going to continue, of course, with my analyses or critical analyses in this case of the Samarkand manuscript of the Quran, one of the early manuscripts, basically believed to be a late 7th century, but many scholars believe it's an early 8th century. Either way, we are exposing a lot of its errors and problems. Once I'm done with that, or maybe I will interchangeably start working on two, I have another manuscript that I'm going also to start exposing and this time is a second early one called the Top Copy. And uh, periodically also I'm going to venture uh, into a manuscript as well uh, that is uh, known, uh, this manuscript, I should say, is, is uh, known to be uh, saved or protected or at least is uh, preserved at a museum at the uh, Sultan's Palace um, in Turkey, uh, Top Copy. Uh, basically, and uh, that's where we find that manuscript. However, we have access to images of that manuscript, and therefore I'm going to start also critically analyzing that manuscript as well and show that even the second early manuscript of the Quran contains a lot of variant text readings. Now, what's the point behind what I'm doing here? Very simple. The idea that the Quran has been perfectly preserved is just a figment of someone's own imagination, doesn't exist in reality. Any of the early manuscripts of the Quran, and by the way, I have yet to touch the 1972 Sanaa Quran, which is the Yemen one. That one has problems of its own, which I'm, I'm saving that for 2018, Lord willing. For now, we're going to just keep focusing on the ones that used to be perceived to be the two earliest manuscripts, the Tabkavi and the Samarkand, many Muslims believe for years, including myself when I grew up as a Muslim, that those were the two Uthmanic copies written by the third caliph Uthman and distributed to these different cities. And now we have two copies of the original Quran, meaning dating to the middle of the 7th century, when in fact scholars easily will tell you those are 8th century manuscripts, judging by the style of writings, and many other factors, and dating, of course, carbon dating. So we are going to show those kind of issues. Back again now to problems with the Samarkand manuscript. Here are some of the things that I want to also, uh, which I will be posting, by the way. Certainly, we are going to be posting those images, uh, at least the ones that are worthy to be easily deciphered because there are many things in, in this manuscript of Samarkand manuscript, I should say, that unfortunately many Muslims are going to struggle with. And I don't want to put them in a predicament. I want to put the easy ones for them to see and be able to comprehend what's going on. So, for instance, if we look at chapter 2 of the Quran, verse 142, chapter 2, verse 142 in the modern Quran, whenever I say modern, I mean the 1924 Cairo Quran or Cairo edition, there is a word in there, uh, really, uh, that uh, doesn't look at all similar to uh, the word that is in a manuscript. For instance, that verse is talking about uh, the gods basically uh, arguing, or Allah is arguing, that the reason why he decided to change the direction of prayer the reason why he decided to change the direction of prayer is that uh, he felt that the prophet of Islam was troubled by the fact that the Jews are not listening to him. And since Muslims used to face Jerusalem, supposedly, 
Then the God of Islam decided that it's time now to change the direction of prayer. Okay, so in chapter 2 of the Quran, verse 142, we read the following. The foolish among the people will say, what has turned them away from their qibla? Qibla meaning the direction of prayer, which they used to observe. Say to Allah, belong the east and the west. Now, the phrase where in the English is translated, which they used to observe, the Arabic word is alayha. You will not find this word actually in the Samarkand manuscript. It's very easily discerned. If you look at it, you will not see the exact resm or shape actually. In fact, I am working towards trying to decipher the possibility for this word to fit it in that context. However, the word in 1924 was changed to read alayha, meaning which was translated, which they used to observe. Okay? And the word mashrik, meaning the east, is partly missing, actually, from the original manuscript. So the translators... Uh, or I should say the 1924 Quranic Manuscript Collectors, uh, the Cairo edition people, they ended up adding it. Most likely they thought that this would be part of the uh, context itself, and maybe they relied on some of the transmitted readings that they assumed those readings to be reliable. Most of these readings actually emerged at least uh, 70 to 100 years after the time of uh, the death of Muhammad. So we still have a gap that no one can close for us. That's where the 1972 Yemen Quran or the Sana'a manuscript becomes handy because it can close that gap for us and show us there is tons of problems that were happening in terms of the transmission of the Quran and many variations in the words. So this is one example, for instance, that we see in chapter 2 of the Quran, verse 142, a couple of words one doesn't appear to look exactly the way it is today, and the other one was missing and was added into today's manuscript. Now we move on to uh, verses 170 and all the way to 172, and we're going to talk about a couple of those problems that we are seeing in there. So, for instance, in uh, verse 170 in the modern Quran, the original have a letter, wow, um, like uh, it's used as, um, sometimes it's translated like as and, for instance, or uh, it will give you the sound as go, go. You see, uh, the O here, um, in the Arabic, yaqul, yaqul, okay, that's the wow. So, for instance, we look at a verse in the 1924 Quran, and we see that the word actually is there, and I'm going to read it for you. It says, instead, we would follow that on which we have found our father. It is so, even though, okay, it is so, even though, and this, it is so, even though, in the Arabic, it's translated as au lau, au lau, okay? Au lau, even though their fathers 
had no understanding. In other words, they will follow, basically, what they have received, even if their fathers did not and had no understanding. The only problem is, this Aulau, or even though was added in the 1924 Quran, but it is not found, actually, in the original manuscript. In the original manuscript, it will read what their father was also understanding. We will follow what our father's understanding was versus here, we will follow despite what our father's understanding. See, the huge difference theologically. It's one thing to say, I'm going to follow what my, my forefathers have followed. It's another to say, I'm going to follow against what my forefathers' understanding. One is going along with their understanding. That's the original. That's the manuscript. The new 1924 is going against that teaching. Now, I know some people might think these are just easy things. I mean, no, it's not. Theologically, it's not easy. And when it comes to Islam, Muslims are convinced that everything in the Quran that they have in their hand today it has been perfectly preserved. Perfectly preserved. And therefore, they believe that it still exists the same way in the heavens. Well, unfortunately and sadly, my time is up, but I will definitely continue along this series for you next week. Until we meet again, may you have a blessed, blessed week. And always remember to go to our website, sirainternational.com. Visit us at our Facebook at Sira International or at alfadi.sira. Until we meet again, have a blessed week. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 